Welcome everybody to I Developer Live episode 66. This is a uh, wing it and see what happens episode because we've made uh, no notes about what we're going to talk about. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll show you how winging this is. This whole show is being broadcast over tethering to 3G on my iPhone 5 right now. (laughs) So, uh, are you serious? I am very serious because I get um, in in my office. I get uh, um, normally about uh, six meg down and three hundred k up on my broadband, <laughs> and I'm currently getting nine meg down and two meg up on my three G tethering. So that's what we're going for. <laughs> so this entire episode is being held together by duct tape, basically. Is what it is. Saying. It's. I'm hoping the battery survives on my phone. So there we are. So we can hear voices. John, you're there. It's great to have you back, John. You've you've not been here for a little while. It's been. Three weeks. I've 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 just been bereaved. I, I've I've sat in the in the corner just crying my eyes out. I've been bereaved because you haven't been here in three weeks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, where are you, Michael? Are you back in somewhere in sunny Bay Area? Let's let's I let's start first I'm, of all. Since we last sp- since we last spoke, bum bum bum. Yeah. I'm back in the Bay Area. Dude. Okay. Oh, wow. Before we actually tell people where you are, you better tell people who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been trying to keep that we're, a secret all these years. Re- I'm Michael Simmons, and my company is Flexibits. Excellent, and uh, you, you've become a pretty regular on the show, and um, uh, so regular we didn't even talk about what you're going to talk about. But I'm sure you have something up your sleeve, and we were we're going to get uh, get it all going. So let, let's start with that subject. Okay, iPhone fives. Uh, got one, John? Uh, no, I'm going to get one next month when my AT and T contract expires. Okay, so you're waiting. You're waiting for contract, Michael. I have one processing. <laughs> oh, so I am the extra special, unique one on the show then, uh, and using it now. So um, it was really weird because people were booking from Apple, and uh, um, you know, sort of after about an hour, wasn't it, that they were saying you know processing in four weeks or whatever it is. Um, whereas I couldn't decide whether to get one, and I'm out. I was out of contract, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to go back onto a contract. So I went to um, one of the uh, providers here, three, because um, they're the only ones who provide 3G in my area. I think it was about Wednesday, Wednesday evening, um, and just said I'll book one, and it turned up uh, 10 o'clock Friday morning. So there we are. <laughs> it's uh, well done, three is what I say, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it so far. My kids don't like it. They say it's too tall and too thin, which is great because it means I don't have to buy them one. <laughs> uh, I wasn't gonna. So I got to see my first. Well, I actually got to see one yesterday. Believe it or not, yesterday was the first time I actually got to see one, touch one, feel one, and um, it's it's really nice. I I expected it to be nice, but I think especially for the screen, I don't know why. Like I expected it to be a little bit too tall, where it would be kind of weird in my hand. But it literally feels great. I love the weight. I love the materials. It just it feels like an upgrade, and that's what it should feel like. The phone feels I have to say, I'm, I'm a little bit weirded out by having a headphone jack on the bottom with a, the lightning connector. It will just because of habit that you're yeah. going to keep putting it in the yeah. top? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've already seen some tweets on that, which it's like, damn you, brain, relearn the position. Yeah, yeah I haven't actually w- um, worn headphones yeah. with it yet. I mean, the one the, the one thing that the Lightning... This is a developer show, so we won't spend too long on this stuff because I know lots of other people are. The one thing the Lightning Connector does do, having the, rather than the large dock, is it means the speakers can be bigger on the thing. Uh, which are also yes, at the bottom, that's so, so that's better. Uh, the th- and the speakers are much better, yeah. by the way. If you haven't listened to them yet, they're they're they've said they're improved and they are improved greatly. And the thing is, so much lighter. The four and the four S just feel so heavy in comparison now. And boy, is it fast! It is really fast. Oh my god, really, it screams really fast. So um, yeah. it means I can really continue to write some really crappy heavy code now, and it will still run. So that's good. <laughs> 
I'm going. I'm, so these phones are basically improving, so the code that sucks can look. That's bad, right. It's, it's getting to the point where even my code will run well. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what it's all about. So the, this is actually the upgrade to Xcode. It's the phones get faster, so you think your code gets better. That's right. That's just about how it works. Uh, and the other amazing thing about this phone is with the um, with the lightning. Um, connector um, the, it doesn't work in anything else so the kids can't steal my cables <laughs> that's worth the price of the phone in its own right that I can always find my cable because it's not gone walkies anywhere so uh, so there we are anyway that's I, I, the, the, the commercials write themselves with this conversation <laughs> <laughs> they do iPhone 5 so your cables don't go walkies yeah they should put us in marketing we could, we could, we could get Apple out of the trouble it's in right now yeah, all the all the horrible situations that they're in. Oh, right. Well, okay, John. John, what have you been up to since we since we last saw you? Anything Anything of interest to the developer community out there, or if you, you know? No, I, I've actually been doing a lot of Amsterdam evangelization. Um, the The first time I couldn't make it because I was actually meeting with the the Dutch Consul General in their business development office, and uh, he's been incredibly successful. I've I've now met him three times. Um, uh, so it's it's been really it's been very fun it's been very good and uh, the talk that I gave in July in Amsterdam is is actually up on YouTube now and uh, it turned out pretty well so I'm I'm, I'm quite proud of it um, there was you know they're really working to 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 help people build companies that that span both cities because there's a lot in common obviously and uh, so that, you know they they spend their time helping Dutch companies who want to expand here. And then helping American companies and individuals who want to go to Amsterdam. I actually uh, was at a reception at the, at the the consul general's house last night, and we were talking more. And he says that he's going to uh, talk about how they can improve the visa situation for you know people who are coming under the Dutch American Friendship Treaty and want to work in the United States, and also helping to formulate you know new models for setting up companies where you can. You know, have the, the, the business configured in, in Amsterdam and, and therefore make it a little bit easier for you to, if you are an American company, to hire talent that you, for whom you wouldn't necessarily be able to get a visa easily. And that's a huge problem in Silicon Valley because, you know, it, it's, as people may know, it, it's, it's very hard to get a, a work visa for the United States. But uh, if your company is already headquartered in the Republic of Skype, which many, many modern companies are, then you don't, maybe you can change how you structure it. So, I don't know. I, I'm just incredibly happy that they've been so supportive. That sounds cool. So, you've been hanging out with with uh, governmental uh, authority. And, uh, and, Something and they like that. And they, and they didn't lock you up. You obviously, no. mani- you obviously managed to behave yourself for a change. Something like that. No, I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I've dealt with various consuls general in, in, over, over the years and for various different things. And I've never seen one that has been this cooperative, this dynamic, this interested in, in, in helping, you know, companies like, like, like who we are. So I, I know I, I'm very impressed that you said consuls general. <laughs> I like William Sapphire too. Two Whoppers junior, please. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, since, um, I was last next, we were last off for last week, obviously, because, um, we did NS conference mini. We did our NS conference mini developer versus designer. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I think the guys who came um, really enjoyed it. The feedback so far has been good. Um, obviously, it's the first time we've done one of these events. It was a brand new venue. Um, so it's, um, 
you know, a few things to tweak, but on the whole, it was uh, pretty good. Our new um, video equipment uh, worked really well, but on the basis that, you know, the, the show was um, less than a, well, only just over a week ago, and yet we uh, released the videos yesterday. Um, and we could have actually done them uh, towards the end of last week, but I don't, you know, maybe we can have a chat about this at some point. You know, I don't particularly like releasing stuff on a Friday. Um, it seems to sort of just get lost and everyone going home for the weekend, so we let it sit there till till Monday morning. Um, and so, uh, yeah, with a few tweaks to make there, a few little problems that we have with with it that we still have to do, but, but we're really pleased with that. And uh, so we've been so happy. So you can go get the videos on the website. We've decided to release them individually as well, so you can buy individual sessions if you like. Um, and uh, we're so happy with happy with uh, doing NS Conference Mini. We've already announced the next one. In fact, about five minutes ago, I put the website live for our next NS Conference Mini, which is all about business and doing business stuff. And Michael, you're going to be speaking in that one. I am. Oh, didn't I? Uh, did, <laughs> did, did, didn't I tell you? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, is that is that why you asked me to be on to spring this on me? What the heck is? Oh, you can't say no because you're in yeah. front of a live audience. Yeah, let, let, let's just. I know. Wow. Well, uh, thank you. <laughs> yes, that's that that that's great. So we've got a, um, a, a great lineup of speakers. Michael, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Dave Addy, Kevin Hochter, Marcus Sara, Chris Finn, who's editor of Tap Magazine, and uh, I've decided to step myself up on the stage and do a session myself as well. So, uh, um, yeah, that's I'm, I'm actually coming. Just for, now, I'm coming. I wasn't going to go before, but now that you're speaking, I'm. Ah, oh, no, no, no pressure then. No pressure then. So, and and we're offering early bird discounts as well. So, if you want to get over to um, iDeveloper TV slash NS Conference. Um, we got a 50 quid off the ticket price for the next couple of weeks, so uh, go get yourself booked in. Anyway, that's probably enough promotion of myself. In fact, okay, let's stop doing promotion of myself and let's promote one of the sponsors and then we will get into our, our, our main talk. That gives you about 30 seconds now, Michael, to decide what our main talk today is. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Um, okay, so I've just picked up a piece of paper off my desk um, as if that had something about the sponsors written on it, but it's actually blank, so here we go. This is this is the pressure of being the host here. Let's talk about let's talk about rem objects. We love rem objects. Rem objects are an objects are an objects. Everybody loves loves rem objects. Ah, oh, that's it. We we're in. so these guys have been sponsoring us since oh I don't know it's it's since the very first they were our very first sponsor. They do a product called Data Abstract, which is all about briefcase modeling of data uh, and remoting of data. If you do anything with data where you have multiple people trying to access the same data, either across the internet or across the um, uh, just across the, the local network, obviously you can't use core data for that sort of stuff. You need to start getting in stuff, writing to the, the raw APIs of... Um, MySQL or something or some one of the libraries might be okay if you're just working on the network. If you're working across uh, the internet, that sort of stuff stinks. So you need to go in, um, take a look at uh, Data Abstract. So you can look at it remobjects.com/da. Data Abstract's the, the product. Um, listen to episode 58 of this show. It tells you all about it. Uh, we want to thank them for being a sponsor on the show. We love those guys. So uh, thanks, Rem Objects, and uh, hopefully some of the people out there will go show you some developer love. <laughs> right, okay. Um, John, you haven't been here for a while, so you can do the introduction. Uh, you know, the, 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 what, what, what do you call the, um, the bits of music before something? Is it a stinger or something? On oh, radio? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know the bit where, you know, if I was a real proper show host, I'd press the button and, and it would play the intro tune or voice for the feature segment. So I'm pressing the button, John, now. Feature segment. Man, Eggman, Eggman. Eggman, 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 Eggman. Eggman, Eggman, Eggman. <laughs> that was 
perfect. Who needs who needs computers? <laughs> Michael <laughs> Michael Simmons, please tell us you've got something to speak about today because we've no idea. I, I sort of do. I sort of do. First is a shameless plug for myself. Um, I don't know if you know. I, I may not have even told you. I started a podcast. We're actually on episode three already, which oh, the third episode actually cousins. gets launched today. This isn't the topic, but like I said, it's a okay, shameless. Okay, so our plug. feature segment today is Michael's podcast. <laughs> yes, the whole episode. To, in fact, I'm just going to go and play the audio file and walk away. <laughs> That's great. It means we don't have to produce the content. <laughs> See, everyone wins. I knew I had a plan. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, just I just wanted to mention my podcast because I forgot to do it with the introduction, and I'd be a horrible marketing business product guy if I didn't mention my own podcast. I have to say, I listened to episode one. I haven't listened to episode two yet because I've been a busy week, but it's it's actually next in my list to listen to. Um, uh and we're officially on iTunes. Actually, it just happened yesterday. Um, it's it's live in the in the podcasts, everything. So you can just look up uh, the name is Identical Cousins, yeah. and uh, and we've got you guys on the uh, uh, Dev Podcasters Glassboard. <sighs> oh, thank you, well, you. You've joined it. You should know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. But I, I think I think we're both. This on is just it. letting people know that sometimes us podcasting people do speak to each other. Um, yeah, they, yes, we have we have a committee. We do. We did. We decide who's going to do. In fact, what. you allowed me to have the podcast. I remember you gave me your. I blessing. did. You gave me cash. So <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> right. Let's stop this mindless waffle. Yes, it's an ex- okay, okay. So no, topic let for me today. Stop I'll, I'll Identical come up with cousins. Something. How's that? iTunes. Everybody, go find it. You know, um, it's uh, Michael and Brent. Uh, both great guys and it's been uh, the first one i never listened to the first one but that was you know really enjoyable so um go check it out right okay michael what we talk about next okay so i actually kind of want to talk about i was thinking about business and then i was looking at the ns conference mini page and something that you did there made me think about what i want to talk about for today's topic which is how important attention to design and detail for your product is so what made me think about that well if you look at the ns conference icon at the top I noticed you changed the plug to a lightning plug. It did. The NS Conference Mini logo changed from the old dot connector to the uh, uh, the new lightning plug just today. Yeah. Okay. And I noticed that. Did I not? Yes, you I did. did. So let me ask you the question. Why would you do that? Hey, he wants to be represented by out-of-date stuff. And it's, it's relevant. It's right now, okay. isn't it? It's what people are doing. It yes, keeps it us connected. <laughs> keeps us connected. <laughs> oh, dear. I should be but this is the, this, this is the kind of thing that makes your podcast, your brand, well-loved, well-appreciated is that you think about these details. And like I always talk about this all the time, the details matter. So I'm thinking today's topic might be something about details and design and how little things that may not seem consequential, like speed, performance, and code, things like that, how everything really does matter and people take note of it, like I just did. That sounds like a great subject. It almost sounds like we've been planning this stuff. So so where are we going to start? Okay. One of the things that people, I'm going to start somewhere here, um, when we talk about detail is it's almost like people, you can often get into that uh, mode of people, they think detail is something you add at the end. Uh, right. you know, now I've done all this, now it's the details, but you know, it's, you know, surely detail starts with the very first thoughts that you have. That's, that's absolutely true, and I would actually qualify this by saying, and this is actually a talk, I'm almost thinking about a ta- making a talk on this, detail is a process. Detail isn't a thing or a, a, a check mark on the list. It's a, it's a process. It's the whole process. Okay, so uh, we had a talk at NS Conference meeting last week, um, Turning Your Ideas into Apps uh, by Matt Gemmell. 
great talk um you know and he says you know most of us is developers we have an idea and the first thing we do is xcode file new project and off we go um so you know uh, and he and he put his views over on this now i know you won't have the time to see this yet because it was only released yesterday um so it'll be good to get your thoughts and in, in whatever without you having seen that and being sort of indoctrinated by the gemmel um so you know <laughs> so, so you're saying detail is a process so to those of us who you know we're engineers we should be able to process things properly um you know, uh, you know how do we start this what do we start John or I? Oh, I'll, I'll God, you. John doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> John doesn't know anything about detail. Of course you do. So what I, what I would say is that the whole process, as you go along, you should have a goal in mind. This is something I talk about all the time, that you shouldn't be on autopilot. You should be thinking about what you're going to create. So, And I know Matt, because we've talked about this a lot, agrees with me. W- when you're making an app, you have to say, what is the end result of this app going to be? And if it's going to be a calendar app, or it's going to be a sticky notifications app, or whatever, you have a goal in mind of what you want this app to do. But that's not enough, because during the process, you also have to make it intelligent, make it efficient, make it something that has no friction, make it something that just is going to work well. And that has to do with everything from the code, because you want it to be speedy and performant and have a lot of performance, uh, you want to be able to have it look good because you don't want people to think that it looks awkward or out of place or ugly. You want it to be smooth. You want it to have features that are appropriate. You don't want it to be confusing and so on. So all of these things should be in your mind at every step because from the second you have the idea to moving forward, to making the plan, to doing the implementation, which then obviously is the code and the design and well, the design and then the code. Um, depends. But anyway, yeah, you have to be thinking about all of these design details all along the way because you're going to be polishing and tweaking and polishing and tweaking until the very end when you ship and then obviously thereafter. So, uh, goals, I mean, that's the first thing. Lots of us set out with an idea that isn't really a goal. It's an idea. And so uh, our, our whole process is experimental. We're thinking, yeah, I'd sort of like something that maybe sort of did something like this. And so you, you set off up on, on that journey um, and sort of try and see if that works and sort of end up with, you know, hope, hopefully end up with something that did, did work. Um, is that yeah, but that sounds like from what you're saying, that's probably just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen friends of mine. There's a couple apps out there that have kind of been, we'll say, lucky accidents or little projects that they worked on that were just kind of like hobbies or things like that that came together. But there's an important equation that these apps were still good. The developers care about the developers that did this cared about quality. So even though it was a side project still had the quality at every turn. So for me, my kind of philosophy is whatever I'm making, I don't think about the end result of success. I don't think about the end result of being profitable or stuff like that. I mean, of course, that's really important and you can't overlook that or you can't continue to make apps if you can't pay your bills. But for me, the end result is how functional, how efficient, how beneficial is this app going to be when it's done because if it's not, no one's going to use it, and then money is a secondary problem, or revenue is a secondary problem. The thing you should be focusing on is how how can you make the best app possible for the project, task, problem, whatever that you're trying to solve. 
I had a drum teacher when I was a teenager who had something written on his wall in pencil that that says "success is a result, not a goal." And I always loved that phrase. And I think that's something that we I can love all it. have taped somewhere I to love our, it. I, our, our computers. Success is a result, not a goal. I, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in my head. Yeah, it's true though. It's there, there's a lot of people. Um, that I just speak to in my day to day and you can see that success to them is a goal. They want to be successful. They're going to try to make an app that breaks the top hundred, whatever, right? They're, they're set on doing something that is the wrong direction. The right direction is to take your time and make something really beautiful and good. And hopefully it catches on if you do all the right things. There's no guarantee it will, but at the end of the day, at least you'll have a beautiful app that's a great app. And even if you have to start over again, you know, and this is a part of what I talked about in in, in July is that, you know, it, I, I like to cook and I always use that metaphor and that when you cook, you have to prepare a bunch of, of things in, in advance, mise en place if you're in a professional kitchen. So you, you know, you can always make different things out of, out of a base set of ingredients. And the same thing exists with, with, with sets of code and ideas, whatever it is that you're passionate about in life, you know, so that you can, if, if you make a polished application and you are proud of it and it is a great calling card, if, even if it didn't sell what it needs to, it will get you your next gig, whatever that gig is. Could be the, the next project that you want to work on or joining up with somebody else. So, you know, I, I have to yes. echo that strongly. It's much better to, to build something smaller and just polish it like crazy. And, and I've, I've made the mistake of not doing that, so. I was going to say I was yeah, just about yeah, to make sure. a comparison there because, um, like, like let's take um, uh, Fantastical, um, the flexi or flexi bid apps. You know, uh, obviously there are it does the generic calendar stuff, but you, you know that is an app that is basically um, you, you can sell. The focus of that app is to make data entry as easy as possible. You know that that's that was the goal on that app. You know, look beautiful, but make that um, make that uh, on the way. Whereas, you know, you, um, when you look at Memory Miner, um, you know, it's an it's an older app. It's been going for 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 more years, um, and it's also looking at a you know a, a wider range of uh, of things it has to do. So, I'm guessing for someone like you, John, with Memory Miner, your goal is more. Yeah, how does someone like John define a goal with yeah, a more generic app rather than that small, uh, you know, very focused app like uh, um, uh, Fantastical is? Did that make any sense? Yeah. John, what's your goal for Memory Miner? I mean, well, I mean, to, first and foremost, I have to say, is like I built it because I wanted to have the app to use myself. You know, and, and that is the best metric, by the way, for a good app. Because if you use it and eat your own dog food, well, if you're a good person, which I know you are, but my point is, if you're a good person, then the app is going to reflect that. Yeah, and 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 this is you know, looking back on it, it's right. I mean, I started working on it in 2005. You know, that was before Facebook was anywhere to be seen, before there were in, any mapping APIs, before there were any devices like the iPhone phone for for capturing data you know for capturing high quality pictures for recording audio all those different things and you know it was something where i had a vision of of, of something that was more as, as as a platform in mind than anything else and i set about building it and it was it was you know it, it it was and it remains kind of a very audacious thing that that i wanted to be able to work on it 
until I didn't want to stop working on, until I didn't want to work on it anymore. And that, that, that day hasn't come. I, I, I have a hard time thinking when I wouldn't want to work on it. But if I had it to do over again, or as I'm reconfiguring it and, and rethinking, what do I do with this, this built up base of expertise and, and, you know, hard worn lessons? You've got to make a, a smaller set of applications that plug into something. And, uh, it, it's a lot easier to do now. And, and it, it also made me think about, about you know how Apple does things because I remember at various times I would go to, to to WWDC and go to the design sessions and I would show them what I was working on and 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 some of the comments I got was like this is really ambitious you're really working on a lot of stuff you know congratulations on working on some of this stuff and and this was at a time when Apple was adding things into iPhoto that that Memory Miner had pioneered and and, and other apps as well and and what I heard from from somebody it's actually John Galenzi if I remember who said that you know we would like to do some of these things, or these are some things that, that we've been thinking about for a long, long time, but the market or the, the necessary conditions aren't there. And I thought about that a little bit more. And you think about things, you know, like face detection, for instance. I mean, there's been research and in, in, for face detection going on for for. for years, probably 20 years in academic quarters. But it only came to a point where, where it was a viable thing that Apple would want to launch because of, of you know, powerful enough hardware and networks of, of, of data that exists for people so that, you know, all these different things. And, and, and I learned something from that is that, you know, you can have a grand vision. It's good to think about things on, on, on 10-year timescales, but maybe you should also think about not trying to do something, not trying to release something before all the, the pieces that you need to make it are, are in place. I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but it's just something that I've been thinking about for recently. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it makes sense to me because especially the size of your project. And, and, and I think the other thing too, and this is related, and, and again, this is something that I, that I conclude with, with, with my talk, is that you need collaborators. I mean, everybody wants to think they're Prince, you know, the, the badass guy who can compose the songs, play all the instruments in a studio that he built, become the record label, become, find a new way to, to make things up on the charts. And, you know, Prince can do that, and Prince is one in a billion. And, 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 you know, and I'm sure that there's lots of different hidden, hidden collaborations that, that may not be apparent to the outside eye, but, you know, you need people to, to to collaborate with, and it's 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 pretty foolhardy foolhardy to think that you can do it all on your own. And and even the ones who who seem like they've been successes on their own. I mean, Will Shipley and Delicious Library is a good example. I mean, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, okay, it's Will Shipley. He made this thing, and and, and I don't I don't think he he would ever say that he did. But some people may have the impression that it was just him. It's like you know, where would he have been without without Mike Mattis? Where would he have been without the the other engineers that that work with him? Mike Lee, for example. So I think that, that that's that's something that people have to realize that that is a, a mistake I made. I kind of had this idea that I I can do it all on my own. You can't. No, you definitely need the people and you definitely need the talent. Although the props go back still to Will for getting that yeah. talent. So you know, there's that whole debate of you have all these people around you like a Mike Mattis and Mike Lee, etc., and they've helped you get big, but. It obviously takes the leader. I've said this in one of my slides. It takes the leader to lead, right? Totally. Leaders need yeah. followers to lead. So you have to give you have to give the props to the whole team. I always say, without a team, you have nothing. But it's also so important to recognize the person who took the step to do that. There's been a lot of jobs in my past where I've worked for people and gone above and beyond, and they don't even recognize it. And I think it's really important to recognize it, especially now that I am an owner and I own my own businesses. The people who are helping you get there, they're they're definitely, you know, they're part of your team and they've helped you get there, but it's important that you recognize them as talented people who share your vision and your direction and drive. Okay, so this this is um, quite um, interesting really to me, just listening and really reflecting back on 
um, you know, my last sort of uh, four, five, six years, however long it's been now in the Mac world. But, you know, there's there's two aspects of the sort of traveling in opposite directions and obviously at some point have crossed or about to cross that, um, you know, whereas uh, back in 2005, you know, John was not unusual in having, in, in, in generating this sort of very generic app as as, as sort of, um, you know, one big blob of code and app and, and, and try to do everything for itself in a, in a proprietary way um, and he wasn't unusual working on it on his own um, whereas you know now we're saying you know, actually apps are becoming smaller and smaller and more focused and more excellent in one thing or or a few things but equally at the same time the team that are developing those apps and, and the skills you're bringing to apps are, are getting wider um, I mean I think it's very noticeable uh, dub dub uh, DC when they do the Apple um, Developer Awards that very very few Mac apps that win awards there's only one person that goes up on the stage it's always a team going up there yeah that's right, yeah, that's right. Uh, because you know these things uh, even though an app is getting sm- so so we, you know to me it's in, even though apps are maybe getting smaller in their focus they're actually getting more complex and bigger in what you've got to build into them and design into them and make them do and that level of excellence is a lot higher that you need more people to do it yeah, definitely. And it, it definitely takes a village. I mean, if you look at the best apps out there, the best games, the best whatever, you have teams. You have you have teams of people who someone's core competency is design and graphics. Someone's core competency is the code. Someone's core competency is managing the project. Someone's core competency is hopefully doing the marketing. You know what I'm saying? Like you see these people who have other people to do these things. Even someone like Will Shipley, who tends to be a smaller shop like I am with Flexibits, he still has people that he uses to do these tasks. And He's smart too because you can't do it all. And there's, this is something that uh, has been talked about at, at various um, uh, presentations, and I, I think I'm allowed to, to mention it. But these are the kind of one of the lunchtime talks at, at WWDC, and the, and the speaker talked about how you know the process for building software at his company is that every morning they show the results of last night's work, and that that they found that that was very important because it's very easy for somebody to to work on an idea, have an idea of what they how they want something to work, and then they become so deeply attached to it that they can't see its flaws, and you know by by showing things early and often, not. I'm not meaning publicly releasing it, but showing it to your colleagues, to your collaborators, and getting that early painful feedback and acting on it is 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 a very hard thing to do. But you you have to do it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Because I I'm curious about this. When you were you know you were the one who designed the idea of of, of when I think about Fantastical and I think about the, entering the data when you visually show how the parsing works. The thing that I got from it looking at it is like. Oh wow! It's visualizing how I imagine parsing works, right? I mean, there are a lot of times when when you work on something and you see a picture of how something works in your mind, and and because you see it like that, you have that almost that like that this this mental <laughs> augmented reality overlay when you look at a piece of software and you say, "I understand how it works." This was one of the first apps I saw where where you were visualizing the process that was happening it and it was a beautiful thing to look at but it it also it it, it really changed it, it it was that visualization that made it work better not just look better but it worked better it had people appreciate how things were going on so my question was this <clears throat> while you were thinking about how you might visualize it or how it might work did you did you run through three or four or five different ways it might possibly work show it and have people say no that sucks or did you just come up with this idea it's like oh, okay that's a winner i'm going with it and n- totally not to sound conceited but i just came up yeah. with it so when we were working on the app kent and i we were 
basically it just popped in. So you would type something in like lunch with John on Friday and boom, it would just appear. It was just, you know, one to one. It would appear in real time. And I didn't like it. It just seemed abrupt to me. It didn't seem communicative. It almost negated the the quality of the parsing. It almost was like, oh, look, look at how easy this was. I don't know. It just It just, to me, didn't feel right. So I said to myself, self, what can we do to make this better? And <clears throat> excuse me, basically in my mind, I was like, well, how do you say to the user what's going on? How do you say that this is happening? And instead of the words, you know, at the top that you type in just appearing in a sheet, you know, just changing, I was like, what if the words fly down? And I remember when I told Kent about that, he was very skeptical and said, you know, it'd be a lot of work, obviously. Um, And it was, you know, it'd be really complicated. And obviously as a team and as a team, Kent and myself, we, we have a lot of debates and discussions and battles, right? You have to pick your battles. But I visualized this. I literally had a vision for this. I saw it working. And I said, we're doing this. And, you know, we, we battled it out and finally we did it. And obviously he loved it and I loved it. And I'm glad to hear you love it. But it's one of those things where literally it just came to me. It was like, as you were typing and seeing the fields just show the dates instantly, it was, did something happen? I don't know if something happened. How do I know where that went? How do I know if it even changed? Right? You have to be paying attention to every field. And in my mind, I just saw the words floating down saying, well, if they float down into place, it's saying what's happened and where it went. And uh, yeah, that's how it worked out. And I'm glad you like it. So then how do we get everybody else to be able to, to build apps like this? So I actually, I had that question once. And the answer is, think about the problem. Now, I oversimplified that because you have to know there's a problem to think about the answer to a problem. But for me, I saw the abruptness and the lack of communication when you were typing something in and the calendar bits at the bottom, the informational bits were changing live. It just was abrupt. It didn't, it, it didn't feel right. I just, it, it, it affected me. Um, I can't say that everyone would get affected the same way I would because I'm definitely a pixel perfectionist and I see problems on the screen and I know what's right and I know the interface guidelines even though there's really no guidelines because even Apple changes them. But you have to you have to think about this stuff. You can't just make something and be like, yeah, that's awesome. Like even when I was doing this and I was like, the words will float down, I envisioned it and it felt awesome, but I thought about it further. I said, is this going to actually be distracting. Like I think that was one of Kent's original concerns, not only, you know, the fact that it was hard code and he just didn't want to do it, but I think it was also like this might be distracting. Oh, there's going to be all these words flying around. And I said, "Well, yeah, but they're only going to be flying around when they're entering them, which is relevant." And that was sort of the, "Okay, let's go for it." So, I I guess just the quick answer to your question is you should really be thinking about your solutions and problems alike. And, and really think about them, not just be like, yeah, I guess that's okay. If, you're, if you've got to say to yourself, I guess that's okay, then it's not great. So Saul brings up a question and he says, when, when you're in the details, how do you know when to stop? You know, how do you keep from yeah, going that's a big qu- it's, it's a big question. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, I think what you have to do is you have to get into the details and then you have to keep going. And then at some point after you've gone for a while, and what is a while? You'll determine that. You'll say, oh, this feels like a while. Everyone has their own threshold of while. But when you get to that point where at least you know you've done it, you've done the details, you've questioned things, you have to just 
control yourself and say, okay, I'm done. If there's something blatant, like a problem that you know needs to be solved, do not give up. I mean, if it takes eight years, give up. But if it takes, you know, if you're like, oh, this is going to take another month, don't give up. Because if it's really bothering you and pulling at you that much, then it's probably right. But how do you know when to stop? Well, if you can say to yourself, yeah, I've questioned this and this feels pretty good. Even if you don't feel that it's awesome, but you've questioned it enough, you're probably doing a good job because you've questioned it. You're not just on automatic pilot. That's the worst thing. That's definitely the thing I tell people not to do. Never, even with me, you know, I feel like I've been successful and I've done a lot and I could sit back and say, well, I got this because I sometimes feel that way and it's bad. I pull myself back and say, dude, you'll never have this. Every project should start fresh with the experiences and the failures and the learning from those failures that you learned on the next one to be that much better. And always remember that you can fail at any time and want to do better each time. That's a good good lesson there. I, I think, you know, this again is maybe why, you know, the apps are becoming more focused because the level of detail we need to put into them, you know, the expectation is that I was, I was using Fantastical the other day and, uh, well, I use it every day, but, you know, it's, you know, I'm just so used to it that, you know, it does what I needed to do that it, it sort of didn't get an event I was trying to put in. It just didn't understand it. And it was like, it was almost so... I got so used to it working that it was so jarring when it didn't. It was like, oh, well, well, yeah, what, what's going, what's going on here? Um, and, and it's because now my level of expectation of it is so high, and and the, and I love the, the the words flying around, by the way, and the numbers flying around. It, it does. It helps you. It helps me to know that I'm typing stuff. It's understanding. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's acknowledging it's, you. It's, you know, the point is, I bet you know, if we went back now to, um, yeah, we've been sending the apps on the Mac have, have been beautiful for a long time. But if we went back to something probably even only from sort of two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, and we looked at them today, we would probably say that for the vast majority, the user experience compared to what we we look expecting now sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like what you were saying about when it fails, even for me, it, it fails. Like when, someone had said, well, when are you ever going to get 100%? And I said, never. It's impossible. Like we would never say we're going to get 100%. But I think that's, you know, it, it's both the cursing, the curse and the blessing is that, you know, we have an app that works so well that when it doesn't work, you notice it and then it frustrates you. But I guess that's better than it not working all the time and frustrating you where you never use it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, to me, it's a good sign that because my expectations of it are so high, uh, and I would like to deliver um, uh, content or apps or events or whatever where people's expectations are high, um, and have to um, you know be challenged by that. I mean, every, every I mean every conference I do, I want it to be better than the last one, and I want people to come expecting it to be better than the last one, and I don't want to let them down. That's a great attitude, and like I said, always. Always feel like you can do better and want to do better and never look back. Even if you have the biggest successful conference, don't say the next one, oh, this one's going to be even bigger just because the last one was bigger. Always be wanting more, and I, I know you're that way, but I think it's the biggest takeaway for listeners that every project you do, you should make it the best project that you've done and take the experiences, failures, and lessons of the prior ones to make that that much better. I, I think this is um, quite interesting for, um, again, uh, it's been very common in the indie developer world especially in the ios world for you know single developers to have multiple apps and there are some developers out there you know individual developers with five six seven apps um and i'm i'm sort of thinking that the time when you can actually put enough focus into that many projects is one person yeah it's got to be coming near an end because people's expectations are only going to get higher the ability to make the user interface even better is only going to get you know 
the possibilities are going to open up. It's like as you said, you know, the, the moving letters in Fantastic Help. You know that that's not easy code. But it was doable, was the point. And, you know, as, whereas a number of years ago, it wasn't doable. And so the point is, are you going to do what's doable now to make it better? Uh, and, you know, as you said, that might take, you know, a week, two weeks, a month, three months, whatever. Um, you know, if, if you're focused on about six different projects, that's not going to happen, is it? So, you know, but equally, we all understand about making money. And so I think there's um, this, you know, uh, the whole business practice of, you know, what is my app portfolio going to look like? How much time can I spend on it is... That, that whole area is evolving at the same time. It's not just the technology. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So what's next? What are you working on now? Can you tell us? Uh, yeah, I've, I've, we've hinted about this a little bit. I mean, I'll see if, let me, I'll think if, well, all right. So we're doing an address book. We're doing a contacts app. And um, we're doing something else, which is a secret project, which that I will not say anything about because it's very secret. Uh, it came randomly in the middle of the contacts project because there was a problem we were trying to solve and we got the solution and we just, we, we, it's almost done. It was one of those things that came together so quickly that we were like, we have to kind of put the contacts app on pause a little bit. We've still been developing the contacts app, so it's not, it's not faltering that much, but um, yeah, so we'll have something out. Uh, no ETA. I don't want to give an ETA. You know how that goes. But uh, we'll have something out in in the pretty much near future, um, within the next five years. Are you going to are you going to doctor free upgrades? <laughs> no, in the next, free in upgrades. the next five years, that's uh, you, you said that like that's a long way. That's away. my new that's my new ETA. Hunter by the way, I tell people to meet that I t- one didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's true he would have almost lost that bet but I, I almost do I almost want to say oh, it'll be out within the next five years so that way you know if it comes out in six months or a year you're, yeah. you're looking pretty it's good be out right? a week from uh, next year yeah yeah <laughs> it'll be out within the next three years but yeah um, so we're working on this contacts address book and then we're working on something very exciting but that's all I'll give you. I know it's horrible. Okay, I've got. Uh, there's a statement in the chat room here. I know we're sort of flowing around a bit, but I do like to involve. If the chat room bothered to say something, I do like to involve them because that's the whole point of them being there. Um, yeah. uh, Beautiful Funk says I get caught up in the details, which could prevent me from getting things to a working prototype stage. At what point do you start focusing on the details up front, or after you've actually got a prototype? Prototype. David Smith. I'm assuming he's um, talking about David Smith from the Developing Perspective podcast. Uh, tends to focus after the prototype exists. So do you, that's a good question, do you actually first prototype your ideas um, as, as, as a team and then say, yeah, I think that's going to work now, let's start getting into, into all, the, all the good stuff, or do you, do you really just go for it with your ideas and the detail? We, we do it a little bit differently. So we do sketching first. Like we come up with these UI, UI ideas, and like when I came up with the word floating, we'll sketch it out. We'll just, you know, on paper, a pen, or on even just using something like Acorn, the graphic editor, just ske- just getting it out of our head visually seeing it on something on a medium then once we're like okay this this is going to work or this is going to be something what we end up doing is we then build a prototype we do prototype stuff we we like to get at least if it's going to be a problem like the words floating we want to see how it's going to work and what the technical limitations might be and if it actually is going to be ugly. Now, there's something to be said about prototyping because you can spend a lot of time on a prototype and then it just doesn't work. But sometimes that time lost on the prototype is actually helpful because you didn't spend the time to actually make the app and design and move forward and get that going. So just to answer the question from the chat room, what I usually try to do is I think about the idea. We think about the idea. We do some kind of design or sketch. 
We then make some kind of prototype to see how it works. And then if it seems like it's going to be a good idea, we get the design going. We start dialing, dialing in the design, and then we continue to iterate as we go. So the question was sort of, you know, up front or after you've actually got a prototype, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I'd probably say there's more after the prototype, but we don't do a prototype for everything because there's certain things where we just know it's so good we're not going to prototype. So the word's floating down. There was a little bit of backlash from Kent on that just because it was such a complex thing to do. As you were saying earlier, Scotty, it, it, it's, it actually is, is really hard code to do that, obviously. Um, people don't get that and they don't care. They just want to see the words floating or they enjoy the words floating. But in the back end, it's probably some of the heaviest lifting of the app. And um, something like that, you know, we had a prototype just to see how it would feel at first. And then, of course, we kept tweaking the animation and tweaking how it should look and when it should float. Should it float always? Should it float when you finish typing? Should it float on every letter? Should it float? You know, I mean, we've we spent a ton of time tweaking that so it didn't feel annoying. So, yeah, um, I, I, a bit up front, mostly after the prototyping and um, prototypes, not always. That's how we do it anyway. I guess that this is one of the things I love about this. There is no fixed way of doing it. However, it's it's does the way I'm doing it uphold the principles which underlie under um, which um, up underlie uh, successful software, um, as opposed to am I just following the method? Yeah, exactly. And I think the other interesting thing is, and I say this all the time at my conference talks, and I hope people feel the same way about their talks, other speakers and attendees alike. One size does not fit all. I can repeat that till I'm blue in the face. If I'm giving you advice on something or you're giving advice on something during your talk, people shouldn't walk away and say, hey, if I do this, I'm going to be successful. Hey, if I do this, it's just going to work magically. No, you need to listen to the details and the ideas and the failures and the successes and the tips and the tricks and then make sure you apply them for in a way that works for you because – Every personality is different. Every threshold of pain is different. Every threshold of work is different, et cetera, et cetera. And you really shouldn't just go blindly into saying, hey, I'm just going to copy that. I mean, I hate to say it, but then you end up in a Samsung situation. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we had um, yeah. If you, a session at the NS conference mini last week, yeah, which focused a little bit on if you're going to copy something, make it better. <laughs> Don't just copy it. Exactly. And actually think about what you're doing because I, the, the, the last thing I want is for someone, and I've luckily never had this and I hopefully luckily never will, is someone to say, hey, yeah, I saw your talk a year and a half ago and I tried everything you said and it didn't work. And then they're like, you know, they basically say like they just did everything carte blanche or, you know, ad hoc, whatever. I just, I, I, you have to be thinking about every detail at every step and apply it in your world to your type of thresholds. Don't just follow everyone blindly. Otherwise, you're copying. But if you have to follow somebody slavishly, Michael is a good person to follow. Yeah, yeah. Every, I'm, blu I'm blushing. You can't see me, Michael, but I'm blushing. And then we'll be okay. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I appreciate that greatly. Right. Okay. I'm just going to ju jump into our second sponsor now. Um, Invasive Code. Again, another group of guys have been with us since uh, uh, the very beginning. Um, we're talking about their training. Um they train you to write iOS apps. In fact, they ran their um, first uh, iOS 6 development training course last Monday. So, um, or last week sometime, uh, whenever it was. So, uh, 
Yeah, right up to date. Their material's been brought up to date. Uh, basically, these guys, they, they bring you together for five days of intensive training. Um, there's never more than 10 people on a course. And I know if you listen to this show regularly, you'll be bored of hearing this, I'm sure. But, you know, that's huge to me. Um, you know, you've been in training rooms where there's 40 people. Yeah, there might be some helpers, but, yeah, you really want to focus with the with the instructor and get in there. These guys have never put more than 10 in there. Um, and there's lab time in the evening as well where you can go back to the labs for a couple of hours in the evening. You get seven hours of training during the day, so you might be a bit wiped out by then, but you can go back for a couple of hours in the evening. Instructor will be there, help you maybe catch up with some of the samples you didn't get done or ask questions a bit more that you couldn't um, do during the day. They, they give you lunch, they give you coffee and, and snacks, you get the materials to take home. Um, and it's run by a really nice bunch of guys, and we've heard good things about this training from people who've been on it. Uh, so that's Invasive Code. Uh, it's $2,800 for uh, the five-day course. The next one's in San Francisco in November, November the 5th. But if you send them an email when you're inquiring saying everybody loves Invasive Code, then uh, they'll give you $200 off that price. So thanks a lot to Invasive Code for sponsoring us. You go check them out at training.invasivecode.com. And if since it's November 5th, if you show up in a Guy Fox mask, you get an extra cup of coffee for free on me. Okay, and and John is going to organize that. There we are. And you get John arrested, gonna... and you also get arrested by the San Francisco police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. For, for walking for walking around San Francisco with large amounts of explosives, because <laughs> 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 we all know how, how tolerant everyone will be there of that. Okay, right. Um, I think that's been a. Um, uh, you know, an interesting discussion, but we're probably reaching danger now of um, revamping you know it a little bit too much and, and taking it beyond its usefulness. So, but with you know, before I just cut you off totally, um, any last sort of thought you'd like to make on that, Michael? I mean, it's sort of like what I always talk about. It, it basically, just like with your website, just to take it back to how I got the idea, you decided to update your connector to a lightning connector. And the reason why you did that was you have pride in your work. It's timely. It'll, it's cool. You knew people would probably take note of it. I did anyway. Um, and it makes a difference. And someone might say, <clears throat> oh, it's such a small detail. Who cares? But I cared. And I'm sure there's other people out there who care. And these little small details, the people who say they're stupid or a waste of time or whatever, that's fine. That's their opinion and they're entitled to it. But the people who care about the details are the ones that are making the best products. And I just hopefully hope that everyone out there is caring about the details the way you did with that lightning connector. That's it. Excellent. John, you want to add anything to the equation? Uh, no, I don't want. I don't want to take away from the master's work. That's excellent. That's excellent. Oh dear. Well, I've I've really enjoyed that chat. I've really enjoyed it. It's been um, uh, it's fun sometimes just not to have an agenda and just uh, just to go for it. And it seems that so far, um, there's been one or two little breaks up that the uh, the tethering on the iPhone five is going well. And no one's there anymore, so I guess it's not going well anymore. <laughs> It had been going well. <laughs> it had been going well until you jinxed it. Right up until that point. Um, okay. Um, the only other thing I'm going to talk about this week is just, uh, um, I can't remember, maybe it was yesterday, might have even been the day before. Um, uh, this is a tiny little uh, snippet, really, uh, just to say I'm trying it out, that um, Adobe released a um, new open source font designed for, for source code. I don't know if any, either of you have seen it. Haven't, no. They have nope. uh, called Source Code Pro. It's um, a monospaced uh, open type font for uh, designed for 
being used in in editors and in coding. So um, it's it's quite nice. Um, it's not necessarily the yeah, it, uh, fonts are all about taste, aren't they? Um, okay, just to let everyone know, my normal font for coding is um, Consolata. Um, so uh, I've, I've tried this one. What I what I do love about it, and what makes it, you know, the detail that makes this a coding font as opposed to just a nice font, is you know it makes um, it makes a lot of distinction between like an O and a zero, um, an I and an L. It makes sure that you know a lowercase I and a lowercase L do not look similar. Um, so which actually brings some nice clarity. So that is where I think you know um, even though I look at the overall font and think. Mm, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's not unpleasant in any way at all. Um, just being able to you know read those little bits in your code and whatever else, and have those those letters really stand out from each other in those little bits. Um, I think I'm probably going to give it a give it a go for a month and, and see what I think of it. So I'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes. It's open source, so it's easy to download. Um, Fourteen thousand eight hundred eighty-six downloads of it this week so far, apparently. So obviously, some people like it. Um, uh, but it was just interesting that um, they've developed a font particularly for editors and in code writing, and just chucked it out there. Do you just use it? You guys, um, I know um, Michael. You don't particularly do a lot of coding. I know you can do some, but you don't. Do you use uh, just standard fonts, or do you? Uh, what fonts do you particularly use in your source code editor? For me personally, I just I just use the default because when I'm ever having to do stuff with code, it's very quick and basic. It's you know loading something in or making a quick change or tweaking some text or doing something with localization or a graphic. So I don't spend a ton of time in there. So I just use the defaults. I use Zap the Dingbats. Helps me keep me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you oh, I'm code, sorry. I use Wingdings. Sorry, dingbats. there was my opportunity. I use that, Wingdings. That's almost it, if if you're going to make a pointer, you need it to actually look like a pointer. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, uh, we were talking this afternoon here in the office about uh, you know incomprehensible. Have you ever seen the um, uh, the Ook compiler? No. Okay. No. Um, Ook is uh, it, it's based. It comes out of um, Terry Pratchett. I don't know if you ever read any Terry Pratchett Discworld um, novels, but um, oh, I know it Terry Pratchett that series, well. the librarian yes, yes, yes. in in the. Um, uh, the magical university at some point in the series was turned into an orangutan um, and thought it was far better than being a human and so um, remained an orangutan um, and the only word that uh, he could say was ook um, and so someone has uh, uh, developed a language which with a full compiler that works properly uh, where the only term in the language is ook um, and, and, and it's ook followed by some form of punctuation and every instruction is actually a pair of ooks with like either a full stop or a you know, period or a question mark um and uh you can um i'm just going to drop into the chat room now um this is fully working code you have to remember i'll put a link to the uh, this page in the show notes as well um this is fully working code this is a hello world um application uh written in ook uh so i'm not sure how the um it's going to put up with it okay there we are that will compile and it will produce hello world uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if anybody can actually see that. Um, so it's, uh, I would try reading the code out loud. It's ook, period, ook, question mark, ook, period, ook, period, ook, period, and then you get the idea. Um, so there we are. That If you like Dimbats, John, maybe that's a language you should be looking to move to. I would say, yeah. It just proves to, uh, uh, Matt in the office here was saying today, it just proves that um, some people have far too much time on their hands. But uh, there we are. And they should be putting it into the details of their products. 
So, right, I think we're going to wrap that up there. We've, we're just hitting up on the hour, which is uh, the length we like to be. So um, it's been uh, great having you on, on the show, Michael. Just uh, remind people where they can find out about you, find out about your product, uh, follow you on Twitter or app.net or wherever you are. Um, give them the Michael Simmons bio splurge. Why, thank you. Or the Michael Simmons, I guess, stalker uh, CV. Um, so I'm on Twitter. It's at Mac Guitar, M-A-C-G-U-I-T-A-R. My website, my company's website is flexibits.com, F-L-E-X-I-B-I-T-S.com. And my podcast is Identical Cousins, and that's I-D-E-N-T-I-C-A-L-C-O-U-S-I-N-S.net, identicalcousins.net. And uh, that's it. No app.com for me. Sorry. Ah, not, not to worry. John? So, yeah, you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. I have some blogs up there at memoryminer.com slash blog. You can follow me on Twitter as Jembe, D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And if you want to see my talk in Amsterdam, um, it will be in the show notes, and I just put it into the chat room. Excellent. And my name is uh, Scotty, and you can follow me on Twitter as MacDevNet, and you can follow me on app.net as Scotty. You can check us out, what we're doing at iDeveloper.tv, and do check out our NS Conference Mini at iDeveloper.tv slash NS Conference. This has been iDeveloper Live. This has been episode 66. We thank you for joining us, chat room. You have been um, a pleasure to be with, as usual. We thank you for those who have downloaded the show and listened to it. I think for uh, having no plans and no preparation, we've probably just about got away with it, but maybe we didn't quite pay enough attention to the detail. But never mind. Those of you listening live, you're spared the music this week because of the temporary setup. Those of you who are listening on the feeds, you now get to enjoy it. Until next time, you take care. Thank you.